We are creating a platform for those who are curious, one that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is the Working Artist Project. Welcome to the Working Artist Project. Today's interview is a little, the sound is a little iffy uh, at times just because my, you know, I live out here in Brooklyn in the Caribbean neighborhood and, and one of my neighbors decided to, you know, in the middle of the afternoon have a, have his speakers outside and play a little music. So at times during the interview, you will hear some background music. I couldn't do anything about it. I hope you don't mind. It's, it's New York City, you know. Today's guest is the incomparable, the amazing Judy Jackson. Judy is one of a kind. I mean, you're not going to meet anyone else like this human being ever. You know, and it comes through through her personality. It comes through through her music. And we get into how she became who she is and how her music has taken the shape that it has. And uh, how her journey has affected her as a whole. So, you know, we delve into some real personal things in her life. Her, her being adopted her living in a shelter and how all of that affected her music, how moving to New York and taking a different path and then eventually moving to London. What people don't realize if they've never under, undergone adversity in a deep way, they can have empathy for it and they can think that they have, unless you really have, like I've really been through some crazy shit. You realize it's the real trick is like you can go through living in shelters, having divorced parents, being adopted, seeing people get like cut in front of you, like living the hood, like crazy. You can live through that. Then the older you get, it's like everyday shit. You just start to fuck up because you never, you realize that you never learned some of those skills. And what all I've learned is it's the older you get, you just have to learn what, cause what happens is you get older and you think this shit is gonna, you're gonna figure it out. You don't, you just get older. Just old and confused. I'm Darian Douglas, and this is the Working Artist Project. I want to welcome Judy Jackson, the one and only Judy Jackson, <laughs> to the Working Artist Project. Hey, y'all. So I like to start, you know, with all my people. I like to start kind of get a, I like to get a background so people can know where you're coming from mm-hmm. and uh, where you are and also where you're going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a sense, who is Judy Jackson? I don't know. That's a great question. I feel like we are always changing. We're always learning. We're always growing. So who I am today is going to be different than who I am tomorrow than who I was yesterday. It's just an evolution. I think the loss of identification and the loss of a need to be somebody or be something can help you find who you are. But like thinking about it too much for me just kind of spirals into all of these just really like sectored thoughts like who am I then race-wise, I know you were telling me you did um, yeah. that test, the ancestry test. Mm-hmm. And that can offer some answers as well for people. But for me, I'm such, um, not an existentialist. 
because I believe in spirit and spirituality, um, the religion of like love, if you want to connect it to something that like, no matter what God you believe in, that we all should look up to some type of higher power or find the higher power in ourselves and look up to that and like, don't idolize and worship anything outside of that. And it keeps you true to yourself, whoever that is. Like we just, and I'm just an avatar moving through life that's who I am and I'm supposed to be a singer on top of that or like an actor or I'm supposed to reflect a small dose of that or as large of a dose as I can in my music mm-hmm. and that's a lot okay that's kind of deep but where are you from I mean you asked <laughs> we get into it we, <laughs> that's how I like to get down I'm from Roanoke Virginia okay and uh, are your parents, were your parents musicians or how did you get? Because, yeah. well, I don't want to just put you in one box because you have several boxes. Musician, right. actress, right. conqueror of the world. Casual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like acting strengthens the music. Music strengthens the acting. So they all strengthen each other. And as my life continues to unfold i continue to take certain actions certain steps to what i want for my career i see oh man whether i realize it or not whether that that's what i was aiming for the diligence in that moment towards whatever concentration towards whatever art form i was working on at the time it's all become one and i, I michael lee could listen to the ep listen to word that i sent him the video just out of the blue to kind of get some thoughts on it because I had been so like inside of the project that I felt like, oh, it was tearing me apart, like inside out that I just felt I couldn't hear sounds anymore. I was like, does this sound the way I think it sounds or I just need some outside ears. So he had listened to it. And as someone who knew me in college, knowing my acting chops, my musical theater chops, wrote one of my first songs that I wrote. Like, with him, and we were talking about songwriting, talking about D'Angelo's shit, damn motherfucker, that's, like, one of his favorite songs. Just lyrically, how it's kind of elusive, kind of like a murder ballad, and just finding the groove, and finding, like, how all of your skills as a writer, a performer, an actor, a storyteller, they've all come together for this EP, for Mm. this project. Okay. Now, so, but how did you get to that? I started out in church, Singing in church, singing for fun in church school. I went to Seven Day Adventist School, um, Roanoke SDA Preparatory School. Okay. And they have like church plays, church choirs. I would do Hark the Herald Angel, where I was the star of as Hark, which was actually a boy's part. But, okay. You know, I was looking like a little boy back then. It's fine, casual. We all <laughs> we all grow into our, um, you know ourselves when it's time so i play the the boy role of hark the herald angel um i think it's like a gender neutral role though in heaven you know you gender neutral i think how is it you let me know i've never been there i I mean we're living in it right now uh so i went there to that school did that bet like went off to college to study music um, and then ended up changing my major to musical theater and acting. Okay. So double majored in that. And um, 
really just those four years were really developmental years of my life. I was like working my ass off, um, practicing every day, which I still do, but in different ways. Like I practice, then I'm going to a allotted practice room. And sometimes when you're on the road and you're out and you're crazy hectic schedules, you can get it in whenever you can. Or it's like the reverse, like you're working so much you have to rest. But anyways, once again, trying to answer the question. So I was doing church school plays, then went off to college, studied music and musical theater, then um, moved to New York, got connected with people, um, obviously at the Tonys and like at the American Theater Wing, which is where I was studying during the summer, and then did like summer intensive programs, um, went to the Tony Awards, networked with some different people there, mm-hmm. did a few plays, networked in the jazz scene here, met Bruce Harris, who's like, Super influential. Yeah. Um, hooked me up with Jazz Lincoln Center. Hooked me up with Richard Johnson at Jazz Lincoln Center, Doha. Um, I went out there. We did a gig out there together. Yeah. Yeah. You were out there a few times. <laughs> um, and yeah, that was a big learning experience for me as well, just having to do a gig like that intense of a gig that consecutively back to back really wears your your chops and, and, and prepares you for um, the professional world of being a, a performer. And one thing I want to talk about with you is uh, finding your voice because you, you did kind of have a, a checkered or like a, a winding road, you yeah. know? Like I like to think about life uh, not in a straight line but as a spiral. Yeah. Because you kind of never quite know what's going to happen, right? Yeah. So you didn't follow the traditional, like, quote-unquote, jazz uh, path. Right. Um, for music because I don't even know if you I would call you a quote-unquote jazz singer it seems so limiting yeah I don't really refer to myself as a jazz singer but everyone apparently that that's the the vibe seems to be so and when you also break it down like I'm a businesswoman as well and it's Mm -hmm. like marketing so you create and you create and you pray that people can connect with what you're creating you pray that people hear what you have to say but like Unless you are connected with and able to figure out what it is and who it is that's going to be marketing your sound, I think it's important. And you can we can be spiritual and we can be in depth and be artists, but be business people and know that jazz at this point, because the history of it is still always going to be alive and always going to be killing. And we always should learn and study and pass it on to next generations. But it's like, it's marketing. It's a marketing thing. If you're black and you're playing something that's not um, classical music, like straight up Chopin and fucking Beethoven and Handel, then it's going to be jazz or hip hop. Unless you're rapping. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not like, that's just what it is. So they put you in this box, but what I'm trying to see, try and get to is your your journey to where you are now. Because and this is even the beginning of the journey. Yeah. Right. Because what I'm saying is, when you moved to New York, I'm I'm assuming because now you live in London, but you, yeah, when you were living yeah. here. I'm, I'm assuming you were thinking you were gonna go down the jazz path. Otherwise, you wouldn't have really been at Jazz and Lincoln Center and this and that. I but, was thinking so much, and then I wasn't. I was just letting things happen, which can be to your um, 
demise or to your greatness. But I just like I was auditioning a lot for musical theater stuff, mm. and I was getting called back, and things were going well. But the work I was getting paid to go and sing American Song for Chess, okay. and I know how to do it, and it's something that I've been trained in and trained myself to do and been surrounding myself with people that I really love and respect and whose sound I absolutely adore and want to learn everything I could from that. So when that time came, like I was ready to do. I always knew I wanted to perform no matter what platform was happening on, that that had to be the center of it. And then like wherever that takes me, whether it's on the screen or on the stage, then yeah. Okay. But I get what you're saying about how like, you know, I didn't go to like Oberlin or like, Right, or you just like didn't Berkeley be like, or something. I'm kind of like, I really want to perform at Birdland, and then you do all the shit you got to do to perform at Birdland, and then that's kind of like... Well, I did that, though. I did yeah. it with Smoke, and I did... I'd love to perform at Birdland still, yeah. but... Um, but but what day, you did at Smoke was you performed your music. You, did, you didn't really compromise yeah. the music that you hear, you know what I mean? to fit into a uh, a bubble is what I'm saying. Yeah, true. Of just only always standards. It's because mm-hmm. I don't think you can be a real artist without reflecting the times or without reflecting the human experience because that's why people listen to music anyways. Like, if you only wrote about things that were super, super... Be personal, but if you only ever wrote about things that were so personal to yourself that no one else could understand it at all, then... That's cool if that's your vibe, but like, why are you putting the music out at all then? Right, right. Why? Because for me, that's what it's about, and that's what makes it even challenging the further up you go. Is that the pop music, for instance, is like, um, I I used to see it as a dirty word. I'm not going to lie. And I don't anymore because I understand the influence of it as a language. Music is a language. So, like, I kind of understand Spanish. I kind of understand French, definitely more so now being in France and just being like surrounded by it for even mm-hmm. the short amount of time that I was just a few days. Right, right. But like, the more you're immersed into a culture or a language or a community, the more you understand it. Right. So I've been uh, in London, definitely hanging out with cats on the pop scene and that in that hip hop scene and that neo soul scene, jazz scene, as well. Where in New York, I was really I. Definitely loving it, enjoying it, but hanging out with more so trad jazz, uh, traditional mm-hmm. jazz. Right. So then now my spectrum is broadened into if I speak English, but I can and I have the resource and the and the desire and the passion to speak French and Spanish and Greek, then I should just learn those languages just in case I'm ever in that country and I need to speak it. And it's like. Bruno Mars is pop, and he's killing it, and I love I love his work. Speak to the most amount of people possible while still maintaining the most amount of soul. That's all I can say. That's the advice I would give, to, especially any up-and-coming black artist. Like, so even the EP right now, I love it. I love it. I finally get at a point where I can say I'm happy with it because I was like, ah, that's my first thing, putting it out. But I'm even more excited about the next thing. Like, this is just the beginning. Like, I have the next project already written. Oh, wow. And the date set to record it. 
in London and oh, okay. it's with a producer that I really love, really love, an engineer I really love, who's a friend before anything and like it's all about learning, the learning curve. But I'm I'm really, really, really just thank everybody. I thank you for the 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 response that Worth has been getting. Yeah. Even when you rolled through you were like, I fuck with it, like I'm proud yeah, it of you. Great, it man. means a lot to me. Well, let's talk about it since you keep bringing it up. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you, oh, got, okay. you got a new EP. Yeah. It's called Worth It. Oh, the name of the EP is Blame It On My Youth. Okay. And I'm about to drop a teaser video for that today, so stay oh, tuned. Oh, word. Okay. Yeah, my phone's blowing up right now. That might be what it is because, you know, it's a time difference. So, like, um, sometimes I just... You don't know what's I miss. Right? It's like five hours. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Ah! Yeah. But uh, it's called Blame It On My Youth. It's the name of the debut EP, right? Okay. It's, um, it's got about five tracks, two interludes. Um, it's based around the original jazz standard, Blame It On My Youth, which I first heard at my buddy Chris Meese's house in Harlem. Um, he works with Gerald Clayton's promoter, went to, um, Overland, um, and Berkeley. One and of those music one of schools. Those, one of them. Yeah. And, um, we were just jamming and he put it on and I was like, wow, this song is I love Carmen McRae. I absolutely love her. I love her sound, her style. I think she's unsung. I think she's right up there with Ella and Billy and Sarah for me. Um, and I love the lyrics. If yeah. I forgot to eat and sleep and pray, blame it on my youth. If I cried a little bit, when at least I learned the truth, don't blame it on my heart, blame it on my youth. And so that's the intro and that's the vibe. And then it goes into... It goes into all original music that okay. I've, I've written and produced. I'm, I'm getting into my producing skills as well, and yeah. So if anyone, if they want to check out this this record, they can do a iTunes. It's not or... out yet. The whole record is out December seventh. Well, December seventh. Okay. December seventh is the show in London, y'all. Okay. If you're in London, December eighth is the whole EP dropping everywhere. That's. All the songs will be out right now. The first single, Worth It, is out now. Okay. Everywhere. Everywhere. So peep the video. Um, the single's out. Title, Spotify, Bite on iTunes. Well, we're just going to play it for them. Let's play it for them then one they time. Can, they can dig it right here. Let's get it one but time. But if they wanted to buy it, they can buy it anywhere. Yeah.
so yeah so that's that's dope man worth it like what what are the inspirations for that song man listen i was going through it i was going through it i'm still going through it because we all are every day and we are happy yes and i'm always team love team no stress team no fear team happiness but i wanted to do it in a way that was like okay first of all i wanted to bring back that old school feeling for the culture like deadass for the culture Sade like everybody loves Sade but who out there is trying to recreate like not recreate the sound as in straight off biting off of her but just recreating that smooth organic feel good music Mm -hmm. so that was the first step just production wise vibe wise of it being because some people also know me for being crazy on stage like being crazy which is coming (laughs) or off stage (laughs) he's like right on stage (laughs) Um, but some people know me just for being crazy and so that it was a bit of a shock they were like not a bad shock but that's where that's coming from to be like this is another side of me I'm not only wild all the time you know i don't have to like always do that so that was a big part of it just being real with that initial movement lyrically no stress no fear i'm traveling down the road ain't say it be easy but baby believe me it's worth it it's like i've been down i've been broken but it's love that keeps us hopeful every day is a new beginning see the sun and let it shine in it's like that's an anthem. I just wanted to write an anthem for people to want to get out of the bed in the morning okay. because that's all we're looking for at the end of the day. It's just a hug to be loved, to be respected, and to be heard. I just wanted to feel a good song, a song yeah. that felt good, yeah. a song that is like, this is the intro. Yeah. This is the intro to the intro. I like what you said earlier about your music, how your music isn't, uh, it's kind of for everybody. Yeah. And my, I had a guest a few, uh, I guess a few weeks ago, who Tom Larson, I don't know if you know mm, Tom. Mm-hmm. And Tom said the same things. I was asking him about his music and why he wrote certain songs. And he was like, this music is not a representation of any specific thing that happened. Right. But it's more so a representation of everything that's happened to everybody. So mm. anyone can listen to it and be like, yep. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's it's mm-hmm. their song and not his song, you know? That's right. It's our song, man. And there's some personal shit. And my dad, this is why when people hear the EP, you're going to hear him. I'm adopted, you know? You're like, where are you from? Are your parents musical? Mm-hmm. My biological dad is a, is a drummer, a conga player. Okay. My biological mother plays piano. But then I'm adopted into a family that definitely was musical in church, but weren't ever pursuing it as a career at all. Like, definitely. Okay. But we're always supportive okay. of my music and what I was doing, where I was going, where I was heading. So it's like, it was up to me. But my dad, what makes me cry, even thinking about it, is I was at Afropunk in London. And I was checking out my boy Saul Williams. I absolutely love his work. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Mm-hmm. Like, check him out. He's writing real stuff, real, really reflecting on the black American and black universal experience. He has his hashtag that's Martin Martyr Loser Kingdom. Okay. Instead of Martin Luther King, because he's like, we've lost all of our civil rights activists. So now we're in Martyr Loser Kingdom Uh, instead of Martin Luther King. And he talks about like, we won't be silent. The noise came from here because they're trying to silence our our pride and silence our wildness. And he is like, we won't be silent. No, the noise came from here. Anyways, I'm in the Afropunk having this epiphany 
of a moment where he's talking about Oshun and the goddesses that protect us as as people who are descendants of Egypt and Africa. And he's like talking about that. And I felt the spirit come over me in the concert. I felt it. I felt it. My homie was playing drums for Little Sims. Um, My other homie was playing for Koji Radical. So it's like, so I'm feeling the support of all my friends. I'm right up front. Like I literally felt like a divine supernatural energy. And so then I go home and I'm cleaning up my flat in London and I I find a letter that my biological dad had written me. Oh, wow. And he had mailed it to me, like, because he doesn't even have a cell phone. So he just kind of, like, pops it in and out of my life sometimes. Not even in, like, a, oh, woe is me way. He's a good guy. Like, he, he's just, he means well. But anyways, I find this letter that he had written me ages ago talking about be happy, be healthy, be strong, be free. Like, these are the god- goddesses that protect us. Oshun and Makusa. He refers to me as Makusa in the letter, mm-hmm. who's the goddess of wandering. She's kind of like always doing her own thing, but she's always protected. And that's what he's like adorned me with that blessing. So then Saul Williams is talking about this the same day. And when oh, I felt wow. this spiritual. When I felt this spiritual encounter, you know, and I was like, oh my God, okay, I have to, I have to connect the dots here. So it's still, the last track on my, on my EP, Still Breathing, Still Black, it was written a day after the election. Okay. I was in London, I was like, I cannot believe that this really happened. I cannot believe that this is our president. But then again, I can believe it because of the counterproduction of America and how they couldn't let another eight years of Obama happen uh, because there needs to be balance to the supremacy of of the fucked up system. But anyways, anyways, I'm in the studio with George Moore, a really, really excellent producer, um, really creative, really interesting energy we have with each other. So we're sitting there like, what the fuck are we going to write about? Like, what are we going to talk about? Just start talking about the election. And then he just starts playing around when the keys in the song came out. Oh, wow. And... The rest is history. And then the rest was history. (laughs) And it's one of my favorite songs. It's not a single because it's so... It's a protest song that people will hear. It doesn't even need to be... that People will hear it. That's Mm -hmm. all I can say. Mm -hmm. Yes. And my dad's voice is on that one. Reading the letter is what oh, I was really? getting around to. Oh, he has dope. such a, it was so. Your such biological father. Both of them. Both of them. So my biological dad is reading the letter that he wrote me, and then where he's saying, "Be happy, healthy, strong, and free." He's like, "I wish you the best in England and wherever you go. Don't feel like you need to come back here because of me. Be happy, be healthy, be strong, be free, and just like going in." Mm-hmm. And he's reading this letter over, over still, when my my dad, my other dad, is reading Psalms. You said, "Be still." He says, "Be still and know that I am God," which is also the basis around that song. Mm. So, yeah. too bad we can't hear that motherfucker. So y'all gonna have to like. You're gonna have to. <laughs> you're gonna wait. have to definitely. Um, Check for it. I yeah. mean, don't leave yeah. me now. Now you're you're just joining the family. That's right. You're just joining. This is for all of us. I just want to make. I just want to be. I just can't wait to do the interview where I'm like, yeah, I came from nothing. 
Because I did. Yeah. Yeah. The but I came from everything, though, at the same time. Well, what do you mean by that? Because I, I fiscally and resource-wise come from what you may initially see and say is is is, is nothing. But, like, it's really also giving me the strength. It's giving me the strength to find and use my resources wisely along my life. All right, good point. I dig that. You fuck with that, like I dig that. I I'm real sensitive. I think I'm more the most sensitive I've ever been in my life, and that that's misconstrued with some people. I intimidate some people because I look you right in your eyes because that comes from acting as well. And so a lot of my encounters with humans for the first like quarter of my life was acting like dead ass because I wouldn't, I didn't have a lot of friends. I still don't. Not in a way. I have a lot of people that I love and I'm friendly with, but I don't hang out with a lot of people. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people don't. It's right. time, life, especially if you live in New York, life yeah. is consuming. Time is consuming. <laughs> but the people that know me well know me and they know that about me. But I've recently, the more you travel, the more you around people that don't haven't known you your whole life, which is rare, you learn more about yourself. So I was like looking somebody in the eye the other day and they were like, what you looking at? I was like, what do you mean? Like they were, they were like really like, like I'm looking at you. Bro. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Like we're having dinner. It was just really weird. Some weird things have been happening, but yeah. that's just a test. It's just going to keep testing my loyalty my patience, my faith, but it's not it's not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. My dad's sister like committed suicide when she was like eighteen, you know? Oh, wow, like it's wow. it's hard it's like so there is definitely life is hard. But I'm not going out like that. So I don't know, that was random but yeah, but that, that kind of relates because I, I want to talk about adversity. That's some, that's one. Yeah, I mean, I used to live in a shelter when I was growing up. Like I remember my mom. She's had, a, a, she's a beautiful woman. I want to remember my mother, both of my mothers, but my biological mother specifically because just as a woman, that connection was never there for me. So that's a lot. I like I reflect on that. And not like, once again, not a woe is me thing. Mm -hmm. It's just a realization of a lot of the movements that I make come out of, I never grew up playing with like dolls and being like, oh, yay, I'm going to be a mom someday. Like my own mom wasn't even there. So it was like, that was not, it wasn't on my mind. I don't even know the things I was thinking about growing up. Just like I was reading a lot because I wasn't allowed to watch TV. I was writing a lot. So I think at a really young age, I was very bright and I was very, I was forced to be on top of it. So it's like the older I get, I feel like I want to be more like a kid because I feel like so much of that was it's like a, like a, <laughs> No relation, Michael Jackson. To like, right, right, right. But it's not in the way that I'm going to build my own theme park, although I might do it. Fuck around and do it. If I can afford to build a theme park, damn it, I'm going to build my own theme park. Like, fuck that. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not if I can afford to build my own theme park? But my main point is getting back to adversity. What people don't realize if they've never undergone or underwent, undergone English, undergone adversity, and 
a deep way. They can have empathy for it and they can think that they have, unless you really have, like I've really been through some crazy shit. You realize it's at the real trick. It's like you can go through living in shelters, having divorced parents, being adopted, seeing people get like cut in front of you, like living the hood, like crazy. You can live through that. Then the older you get, it's like everyday shit. You just start to fuck up because you never, you realize that you never learned some of those skills. But in college, that's where I started to hone, like, because you're just going to college is a great, is one of the best things for me because mm-hmm. you're on living on your own and on your own in the real world, kind right. of, not really, because right. you're still in a protective world, but it's still, you know. A way where you find your own beliefs, your own values, who are you as a person, as you were saying, who are you? But for me, that who are you is the detachment of being anything. That is who you are. Yeah. Detaching yourself from, obviously, I'm standing up for the black movement right now. Like, because it's, what my thing is like, it's out of sight, so it's out of mind, but it's really a lot of problems still out here. But we're like, oh, we're in 2017, it's not a problem anymore. Unfortunately, that's not true. So when I say just be you, I'm not saying that if you're black. I'm just saying stand up for the things you believe in. Identify. So I'm saying you can identify with it in that way. But don't box yourself in. Don't box yourself in. And adversity, it only makes you stronger. I know I got a bit sidetracked, but no, no, it's dope. adversity only makes you stronger. It really does. Like, and what all I've learned is, it's the older you get, you just have to learn what. Because what happens is, you get older and you think that shit is gonna, you're gonna figure it out. And you don't. You just get older. Then you're just old <laughs> and confused. So you might as well just get to living. Oh man, you learned that lesson quick. Like I got to that. When I was like thirty. I was like, wait. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I'm still, I'm like, oh, so I've been through so much shit. I'm like, oh, some more crazy shit's gonna happen. It's like, well, actually, not if you don't want it to. Like, that happened to you. Those were all out of my control. Now, some things are still out of my control, many things. But now this is my life. Like, if I don't want to be living in a shelter, I'm not gonna live in a shelter. Like, so those things that are in my control, I'm going to control those. And the other things that you can't, those are the ones that you're just going to be like, how's that today? I'm good another day. <laughs> and not don't overthink it because I do that. I'm telling I'm telling you I'm preaching to the choir. So I feel even just saying that out loud, I feel it. I feel that's all you can do. People get lucky and then the success based on their luck, then they just use whatever luck that they had. They use the, the literal facts surrounding their luck to give you a guidebook to their success. Mm. You have to be successful for yourself. And then, you, of course, yeah, inspire people. But I truly believe that a lot of success is in preparation, for sure, being ready, like being on your, being on your game. But luck and resources. Yeah. Preparation plus opportunity. That's, that's sure. My, that's my... Uh equation for success yeah but all right i want to play a game i call this game the word game Uh oh. and so i'm gonna say random words and then you're gonna tell me the first story that comes to your mind okay after i say the word okay naysayers i mean just haters people that for whatever reason don't want to see me do well either because they came from nothing too and they're haters and they're like why couldn't i get my shit together why couldn't i 
you know, work hard. I work hard. I play hard too. I work very hard. I wouldn't be able to do the things that I do. And I think it's just a lot of hate around the fact that I make it look easy. Like, Nate, those are the naysayers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Or around the fact that I didn't take a traditional path. And some people are like thinking that they're answer, But like, that's the key right there is if it's not working for you, doing that same shit every day, do something different. That's what you did. Do something different. Like, don't be hating on how somebody got to a certain point. Find out who their management is and try to get on their team. Yeah, it is. New growth. My afro. (laughs) And how it took me years to grab this motherfucker out. And then I went to the fucking Dominican salon and they permed it. And I'm mad as fuck. That's why I've been wearing this scarf on my head. They did it before Jerome, though. But my hair was kind of cute for that. But they put some weird-ass little texturizer in it. My hair was so thick. So thick. You saw me. Yeah. Oh, they just did this a couple... This no, couple. you've seen me through all the stages. You saw me before they did it. Yeah. When I was outside of Smalls with, with my boo. Yeah. I miss, miss you, boo, if you're listening to this. <laughs> and when we were outside of Smalls, that was it in its full fro form. Right? Yeah. I remember. Then... Jerome, you weren't at because you sneaked at me and didn't come. Oh my god! But uh, you saw pictures, and then that was that was after they had done it. And this wow. is you see, it's the roots. It's still long, but I don't want my hair growing down. My hair grows up. It's a new oh, growth. Just shave your head, man. No, it took me two years. <laughs> I have too much hair to just shave my head. My hair is long. Don't matter. All right, next word. It does matter. Love. I'm in love for the first time in this way in my life, and it's beautiful. I really love my partner. He's an incredible person. He's an incredible human being. And we work together, so it's a lot. But I think we do well. We kicking it old school. Bobby and Whitney vibes, minus all of the... The extra shit. um... I mean, or plus, I don't know. You know, the interesting thing about love is uh, that each time is different because you said this time it's good or whatever, however you put it. But Mm -hmm. every time you fall in love, you know, maybe this is your last time, but maybe it isn't. And it's going to be completely different every time. Right. So, you know, love is the one thing that has no limitations on any aspect of it, you know. So uh, that's my two cents. Yeah. And we, we've talked a lot about love, just especially being out in Doha, having all this three meals a day, bound to run into you at least once a day. <laughs> and it's like, we've talked about this in relationships and how lust is different than love, which is something I'm learning as well the older I get, just like, I love, lo- love and lust are two different things. You can love somebody with your whole heart, and you can still be lusting after somebody who's actually human nature. Mm-hmm. But love is a choice. That's what we had talked about before, yeah. how love is a, is a choice. Yeah, 100%. And so I love him naturally from day one. And then things like life is just, there's so many variables out here. There are so many variables that affect us as individuals and therefore inconsequentially are going to affect us in relationships and Mm -hmm. as partners because those individual 
things that happen to us just vibrate into our relationships. So you just have to choose what you're going to let in and what you're not. Choose who you're going to let in and what you're not. And build a life together. Man, get deep. Listen, I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> straight, straight in. Straight in, baby. Straight in. 100%. Um, what's important to you? Love. Other than love. You asked me, and I'm going in order. All right, go so on. So love is first. Okay. Sex is important to me. Money is important to me because I know how difficult it is to not have money. Mm. People, Drake vibes, people with no money act like money isn't everything. Right. It's true. I can more my Bob Marley shit that like happiness is important. It is. Being happy, healthy, and strong, and free is the most important thing. And that is all... like enveloped into love for me because Mm. if I'm happy then that's love if I'm healthy that's love if I'm strong that's love and if I'm free that's love and then it manifests itself in different ways but being happy healthy strong or free is is the most important and that's love Uh, like sex is a spiritual thing that's love but can also be the lust. But if, if I'm saying what's most important is the love, not the lust. Right, right, so right, that, right. that would be enveloped with sex as well. Money, just because I I just know I want to be able to send money to my family. Like, I want to be able to buy my mom nice things. Like, I've gotten her some stuff from different countries that I've been to, like Spain when I did the Sevilla Jazz Festival, um, or Doha even, or wherever. Just little souvenirs but i want to be able to buy her like a car something you know like i don't even have a car i don't want a car because i don't even drive like that but like (laughs) i want to be able to buy her a car so that's why money is important to me because of the things that is a tool i know it can do to be able to start up a fund for like young adopted young girls who are in the system like i wasn't even in the system which some could say is better or some could say is worse. But I want to start a proper fund for girls who who need just a place to go that is also going to have musical vibes, that's going to have spiritual aspect. Like, I think the one thing that even shelters are great, like I can say, they take care of what you need. But just for a woman in general to feel more the biggest thing that if you're ever donating to a shelter or like um a hurricane relief type of place Mm -hmm. tampons pads toilet paper like people always bring crazy things like food and like well not that food is crazy excuse me but food is already naturally provided through usually whatever program so it's like those things are what are missed out on the most i'm um, a brand ambassador for frida which is uh eco-friendly tampons and feminine healthcare products in the uk if you want to follow them on instagram it's Mm -hmm. frida um uk and it's pink it's just at frida.uk and a proceed of all of the uh, products you buy from them go to women in third world countries that li- literally they have nothing like it's just i know that you 
don't you can empathize for sure and, yeah. and I'm you're a grown man and, and with family and sisters and moms and in relationship I know you understand but it's like I can't barely make it through that time having absolutely everything right it's so much and I can only imagine right. how just shit that is so yeah. so that's why money is important to me okay. to be able to use it to, to help others to help mm-hmm. um Food is important to me. Style <laughs> is important. I think it's important to have style. So, like, that's just not even what you wear. Like, right now I'm wearing a handed down coat. And, like, handed down from Elton John. Oh, wow. Um, then it was my boyfriend's sister. She would wear it. And then I just wore it one day because I was in London. I didn't realize how cold it was at the time. So I wore it, and it's one of my favorite coats. Wow. It's just like find something and make it your own. I think that if there's anything in life that I can say, okay, at least I did that in life, is I've been able to find things and make them my own. So... I got to ask this, you know, before we go, I got a few more questions, but why Nina Simone? Mm. She's bipolar schizophrenic. My mother is di- was diagnosed with bipolar schizophrenia late in life. And I went and I saw what happened Miss Simone on the West Wharf Street Theater, the one right outside the stop, right across the street from the park. Near like fat black pussy and everything. Yeah, yeah. Over and I, here, okay. The what? Yeah, I was just gonna say over there by West Fourth Street and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw what happened, Miss Simone, in theaters. There it was a friend of mine, Jack Glotman, who plays piano. And right after it went off, I sat in the theater for like half an hour, just crying. And I was really moved because I always had loved her work, but I didn't know that bit about her life. I did not know. I didn't know her her story in that way. And that is one thing that just moved me deeply, was just her story. And I saw so many similarities that I, like, to my with my mother and her just as far as like she was she went through a really abusive relationship which I think is what caused the the schizophrenia and stuff to, to kick in because it comes from like ex- extreme traumatic abuse and um I, then I read her autobiography and I did all kinds of research and listened to as much as possible and I still am not done listening and I said this this is who I have to honor right now and and I love the way she performs. She doesn't consider herself a jazz singer either. She comes from classical training in the same way. And um, she's very angsty, yeah. like me. I don't give a fuck. I curse you out. <laughs> I'm just some very, like, uh, like, you have to be like that sometimes. People don't understand it. I think she was misunderstood. Don't let me be misunderstood. People fucking love the song and they love to sing it, but then they don't try to understand anybody in their own life. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay. Yeah. I can get with that. That's dope. Like, I also have some people in my family who I have an uncle who is schizophrenic. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, it's in, 
it's a very intense disease and mm-hmm. if you don't like i remember the like i knew he was schizophrenic but i had never seen him in a schizophrenic episode right and i don't know if that's the correct terminology right. or whatever but and i remember i remember the first time i saw him and i was just like oh he was like a different person right like he was just 100 percent another person right and my whole mind was blown that right. that was even possible you right. know because this guy who had seen so many times and you know for probably 12 or 13 years of my mm. life and then one day you're like whoa wait <laughs> you know so it's you know it's it's a it's a deep disease and, and uh, it's treatable they have medicine for it and stuff but, but that fucks you up too I which I which I hate even when Nina Simone started taking it she couldn't perform the same right. slows down everything right. makes you basically just completely lucid and vegetated and it blows you up and people are even talking about Kanye now look at Nina in those interviews she got a bit bigger afterwards mm-hmm. Kanye's big now there are people who don't who are ignorant and don't know that it's mental it's related to mental health it's because he's on mental Medications. medication that's right. that's exactly why mm-hmm. my mother as well and I remember like just seeing photos of her and not even recognizing and not and I, I she's so lovely and so beautiful but you, you know what I mean I just was like it's it's just not even to say it's a shame because she she's happy she's living she's healthy and strong and free I I I I, I, I wish that for her but I know it's best for her safety that she's in a home and free at a certain age is like everyone needs to be looked after but I that's why I also choose this music and I want to just like keep pushing and pushing to where my mom is somewhere and she can hear it yeah. she can be like listening to the radio and she can hear she, my song because yeah. I, I don't even know if she knows what, that I'm doing this right now mm-hmm. I have no idea mm-hmm. I have yeah. no clue and this is your biological mom. Yeah, yeah yeah wow, wow. so yeah. I don't know if she knows but I hope if she finds out that she would be happy mm-hmm. and yeah. <sighs> yeah, you never know, man. Yeah. You know. So let's 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 this is the end, man. But I ask everybody <laughs> why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> oh, you are ridiculous. I ask everybody the same three questions at the end of every interview. I know you don't know because you never listen to this podcast, but <laughs> Oh my god. I can barely find clean socks in the morning, okay? So, like, please. What are the three things that you're most thankful for? I'm thankful for this project. (laughs) First and foremost. I'm thankful for Dan Brown. I'm, I'm most thankful. He's just like, it's my partner. That's my best friend. A few people know me as well as he does. Mm. And I'm thankful for that. One more. I don't know, I get two more. I'm thankful for... Sunshine. It's one of my favorite things. When I have the sun, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful... um, I'm just thankful to be alive. I'm thankful to be happy, healthy, strong, and free. Truly.
dig that. Yeah. Well, this is it, man. Thanks for coming on the Working Artist Project. You're killing me, Smalls. Peace out, Working Art- Artist Project. Peace, blessings, love, team no stress, baby. There it is. You heard it here first, Judy Jackson. <laughs> Wait, before we go, before we go, though, I do want you to plug your your uh, your social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. Guys, Judy L. Jackson on Instagram. Follow me. Tag me. Hashtag worth it. This is worth it. It's worth it out here. Hashtag worth it. Hashtag blame it on my youth. Hashtag Judy Jackson. Facebook Judy Jackson with an I always. Twitter Judy L. Jackson. Retweet a bitch. Let me know what's going on in your life. Check it out, peoples. It is out everywhere. Currently on all platforms. Is that good British accent? No. It's currently out everywhere on all British platforms. Darling. That was good. That was all right. That was yeah. very good. Darling. Four out of ten. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why don't you guys text me hashtag worth it if my if my British accent is good? Yeah. Go comment on my latest picture and tell me smashing darling. Yeah. Hashtag hit Judy in her DMs. You know what I no, mean? hit me on the pic. No, don't hit me in my DMs. Hit in the DMs. I might not respond. Oh, okay. Well, You're not know, just pic. gonna roll through my DMs. You're going to comment on the pic. Okay, cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Later. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Working Artist Project. Before you go, I'd like you to do a few more things. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast. And check out what else I'm doing via my website, DarianDouglas.com. It would also be amazing if you checked out my Patreon page. I'll leave the link in the description. Later. Later.